My initial plan for today was a short video on the signs of the tribulation in the news as part of a recurring series like my Forgotten Saints series, but unfortunately, all signs come from a place that can't be covered due to the, shall we say, big news event that has everyone panicking. So I'll hold off until another time. Instead, I am presenting another episode of Forgotten Saints. This week, I present St. Drogo of Seborg, who is often called the patron saint of coffee. Drogo was born sometime in the first two decades of the 12th century. His wealthy, maybe even noble parents, lived in the tiny village of Epinoy, now part of Carvin, in the extreme north of France, located near Flanders. His father passed away before Drogo was born, and his mother suffered complications in labor that were necessary to deliver the, him by cesarean section. <laughs> Remember, this is the 12th century, and she died bringing her son into the world. The newborn, an orphan from birth, was left to the care of relatives and was baptized under the name Drogo, or Drouin in French. When Drogo was about ten, he learned about the circumstances of his mother's passing. He was a sensitive soul, and as such, he was deeply touched by accounts of her suffering, and afterwards was often seen to weep bitterly for her. Indeed, it was his innocent simplicity, and as such, young Drogo reproached himself for what seemed a grave offense, and he implored God's pardon with great contrition. Even as a boy, he practiced fasting, abstinence, and other austerities, and devoted himself to works of charity in expiation of his faults. As Drogo approached manhood, he resolved to abandon his home and distribute his considerable inheritance to the poor. Whatever circumstances precipitated this sudden change, we may well imagine that Drogo was inspired by Christ's exhortation to another troubled young man. If thou wilt be perfect, go sell what thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. See Matthew chapter 19, verse 21. Drogo kept for himself no more than the clothes on his back, and, entrusting himself to providence, he took to the open road, never to return to his birthplace. Following in the model of Christ, Drogo thus became the Good Shepherd. Indeed, he showed such natural aptitude that, despite his youth, he soon acquired a reputation as a master of, the, of that occupation, and would tutor others in the lore of shepherdy. Cherishing a simple life, Drogo passed much of his time in prayerful contemplation, and gave to the poor most of what he received in wages or gifts. His humility, gentleness, and generosity quickly earned the villagers' admiration. A constant tradition has it that while Drogo was out in the fields, tending his flock or deep in prayer, he could sometimes be simultaneously be seen attending Mass in the village. This gave rise to a common saying that reportedly persisted to the 20th century among the rural folk of the region, who, if charged with several onerous tasks, might protest, I'm not St. Drogo, I can't ring the church bell for Mass and be in the procession. After six years in Seborg, Drogo felt called by God to take up the pilgrim's staff. Setting off on foot like the apostles before him, he traveled to Rome where he visited the tombs of Saints Peter and Paul, stopping along the way at many other renowned holy sites in France and Italy. During his journey, Drogo occasionally used his skills as a shepherd to support himself and instructed other shepherds he, whom he encountered. Some accounts speculate that Drogo believed that only the Pope himself could absolve him of his part in the death of his mother. Although he never did meet the Pope, Drogo pursued this mission, if you would call it that, for nine years and nine voyages to Rome, each time returning briefly to Seborg. Drogo gladly suffered the hunger, thirst, harsh weather, and other incommodities and dangers of pilgrimages in pursuit of sanctity. However, these restless years took their toll, and the weary pilgrim eventually made his way back to Suborg for the last time, having developed a debilitating and disfiguring hernia. 
His wandering days behind him, Drogo resolved to live as a solitary, still detached from worldly things. The parishioners of Seborg helped him to build a small anchorite's cell adjoining the parish church. From there, Drogo could adore the Holy Eucharist and hear the divine offices through a small opening in the church wall. Still in his thirties, Drogo shut himself within and vowed to remain there for the rest of his days. Despite his solitary existence, Drogo never refused the people who sought his spiritual advice or the benefit of his prayers. Those who visited his humble cell always left consoled and edified. Drogo now sustained himself on little more than barley, bread, and water. If it happened that a kind visitor brought him some other food or gift, Drogo would give it away to the poor, keeping only what was strictly necessary for subsistence. Over time, Drogo's painful malady worsened, and he developed putrescent sores on his lower body. Even in the face of these trials, he never lost the happy and serene disposition for which he was known. Early accounts of Drogo's life are unanimous in relating an amazing event that took place in his latter years, which further increased the reverence in which the local peasants held him. One day, the parish church of Seaborg, probably a modest building of wood and thatch, caught fire. The alarm was raised that the villagers came running only to find that the terrible blaze was beyond extinguishing, and that Drogo's adjoining cell was in peril. As the 14th century Franciscan monk and chronicle, chronicler, Yaks de Gais relates of the episode, the villagers implored, Drogo, man of God, come out lest you die, for your cell is engulfed in flames. We cannot bring you aid. Drogo called back, I have made a vow to God, and I will fulfill it. If it pleases the divine goodness that I should escape the flames, his will be done. Falling to his knees, Drogo remained in the conflagration and offered prayers of thanksgiving to the Almighty. A short time later, the fire expended itself, having reduced most of the church to ash. The villagers found Drogo placidly at prayer amid the smoldering remains of his cell, completely unscathed. The people of Seaborg who witnessed this miracle, the French monk mystic tells us, recalled the Old Testament story of Nebuchadnezzar's furnace and exclaimed, How great is the Savior's mercy to preserve a man from such danger. The villagers rebuilt the church and a new dwelling for Drogo on the same site, and he was soon able to resume his life of prayerful seclusion. Thus we have St. Drogo of Seaborg, a model for piety for us, one who lived his life only for Christ. St. Drogo, ora pro nobis. Amen.